Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're in the world today. And it could be any one of 180 countries that regularly listen to this network. I'm Tim. Today, I'm your host, Ed Pagan, with my show called 10 Questions. And we explore the world of all kinds of different aspects of, the, of ideas and through the idea of questions. I love questions. I think they're very important to me. And today, we're going to ask 10 questions about my Miskey Gems. My Mystic Gems is a company that's been online for at least a, a decade, led by the very intelligent and uh, creative Marianne Kay, a designer, jewelry maker, and she has led an interesting life to bring us to My Mystic Gems. Uh, you can check it out, MyMysticGems.com. Let's get that right out of the way. Hi, Marianne. Welcome aboard. Hi, Ed. Thanks. So question number one I have is, My Mystic Gems, does that even have any sort of personal significance as a company? Because I know it's been around for a while now. You know, I it, it doesn't really. <laughs> um, I like the name, I like the word mystic. Um, and so I wanted to just call it Mystic Gems, but that name was taken. And so I decided to use My Mystic Gems. And um, I never really, I never really liked anything better. So I just, I stuck with that. And now it's kind of like, you know, everybody knows who I am as my mix. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think at this point I would ever think about changing it. I do kind of have like a subtitle that says designs by Marianne Kay, but that's like more of a mouthful. And that's kind of like a little, you know, a little blurb below the blurb kind of thing. Uh, no, it's just um, I like the word mystic, so and I had several different combinations, and and that was the one that I found that, um, which as you know, it's very important to get a domain name of your shop name because everything builds out from there, and so that was available, and that's what I went with, and here I am today. Uh, as you said, it's ten, almost eleven years later. Wow. And um, so my question number two on it is that basically that how did you get really started with my Mystic Gems? Um, Okay. I'll I'll see if I can condense it. Um, I had, I was a flower designer. I I, I worked for about 30 years in the floral industry um, doing all kinds of things from flower designing to doing flower shows and doing, you know, weddings in Beverly Hills and all kinds of stuff like that. And um, unfortunately, my mother became ill back in 2003, and um, I needed to move back home to take care of her, and I was no longer able to work in the flower business because it's 
it's kind of a demanding business. You have to be there a lot and many hours, and I just wasn't able to do that. And funnily enough, um, my best friend saw in the paper that some company called the Broom Closet <laughs> was hiring, and I don't know, was I your first person to come in and apply for the job? Ed? Yes. I was yes, the first you were. Okay, I yeah. thought I was, but I couldn't remember. So I came mm-hmm. and applied for a job at the broom closet, um, which morphed into which school. Um, and I worked for you and which school for until about 2009, um, being a customer service and kind of a <laughs> kind of the uh, person that cracked the, wh- cracked the whip in the office. And um, at that time, uh, Witch School was going through quite a lot of changes and moved out of the area, and I needed to spend more time at home with my mother. So uh, I had been kind of buying beads and stuff online and kind of gotten interested in that, so I decided to open an online jewelry store. Little did I know. I honestly didn't think it would ever be more than a hobby, but obviously become my main it's my my main source of income so and it's like about my fourth career in my life i've been you know i've been doing all different kinds of things my whole life and now i'm doing this and so in in that number uh question number three i have is that so you you use it and my music gems, while there's a physicality to it, primarily for you a uh, online shop creation. Can you uh, offer how you survived in such a difficult, what may be a difficult market? Um, I, I don't know. I think it's perseverance more than anything else. For the first two or three years, things were pretty slow. But as um, I picked up customers and picked up word of mouth. I had um, three stores at the time. I had an Etsy store, an art fire store, and then my own store with my, you know, my, my domain name. And plus I, social media, you know, really once I learned kind of how to use social media, that was pretty much how I took off. I hardly ever spent any money on advertising. It was all about um, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, DeviantArt, um, now there's others, Reddit, uh, Tumblr. There were some that have gone by the wayside that aren't even around anymore that I was involved with. Um, I've had to learn new social media sites as well, although some of them are kind of bizarre, like TikTok. But, yeah, I just... It's, it's about social media and how you can, you know, move your own business along if you keep, you know, constantly putting it out there to people to see. And it was all about online sales. And so everything that I advertised and all the people I advertised to were online. And so I raised my and one question. You, have, you did some shows, absolutely. Yeah, um, some shows. So, so question four, let me ask you that. So you, you've had physicality, but now you're doing dealing with a lot more of the online. 
Would you ever open a shop or is that a direction, a physical shop, or is that not a direction you think you're going in? If I could find the right place for it, yes, I would. Um, you know, I I would like to move out of the place I live now because it's cold here, really cold. <laughs> and I would like to move back to a warmer climate. And it, it, honestly, if I could move into a town that was more of a tourist town and I and I thought I could get business, I, I definitely would consider it because I would really like to get my workshop out of my house because it's pretty much taken over my house. It's, you know, I live in like a small area and the rest of it is my shop. And it's, yeah, I could use a separate space. That would be great. If I could, if I could do that, I would definitely consider it. I love just that too. Here. I think that would be great. It's <laughs> not there, okay. Yeah, just not here. Um, this is not a conducive place for that for that kind of business. It's just not. I need a I need something that's got a little more traffic than what's available here. Absolutely. Um I, I fully agree with you and let's hope that's for you soon. Uh so question number five is there's an awful lot of, of uh, content out there that you've created. You've done a lot of various types of meme creations, some of them which have gone on to have lives of their own and some that have just, you know, um, are very personal to you. Can you talk a little bit about that whole process for you that you've been such a creative uh, meme, meme creator and spirit of uh, the Internet? Um, well, I always liked graphic arts that would have been if I would have been if I would have been a man I would have probably gone into graphic arts at some point in my life but unfortunately women were not really um, looked upon as people that could do that (laughs) and like a lot of fields unfortunately back when Mm -hmm. I was younger and but I like graphic arts I like it goes to me it goes all along with everything I've done in my life creatively, um, like flower arranging, like uh, designing jewelry. Um, I used to do a lot of art when I was younger. I did a lot of painting and and drawing and and things like that. Um, I've even, my uncle, who was a photographer and a really good photographer, saw one of the paintings I had done and actually took it and had it framed because he thought it was so nice. And I was so flattered by that. So for me, yeah, graphic arts has always been a, I really like graphic arts. I like that crispness of them. And that's what memes basically are. They're graphic arts. And um, I started doing some for my shop. I started doing some actually for Witch School, even before that. I did, uh, I worked with Don on some of it. Don really is the, the big artist, but I, I kind of like. Sometimes would work with Don. He would he would come up with an idea and do it in black and white, and I would take it and and colorize it and do stuff like that. So, for me, that was just part of, you know, that was part of the online thing too. If you could make a meme, and sell your product or show somebody, um, you know, something that you wanted them to see, like you know, witch school or whatever. Um, for me, that was that was really a great thing to be able to reach people and and do something I like to do as well. 
and since then, um, gosh, I've I've done memes for myself. I've done them for Witch School. I've done them for you for a lot of your projects that you've done. Um, I've done them for other people. I've done them. I work with a local theater group that's trying to um, update their theater because it needs a lot of work and. I do the stuff for them as well. I, I've done some memes for them, so it's very—it's a very effective tool. And ask anybody who's—I wish I haven't had that happen to me yet. But it's somebody that's done a meme that caught fire, literally, <laughs> almost, and you know, got a million views or two million views, and it's like there's just nothing else that can attract that kind of attention so quickly. It's a very effective, very powerful. Absolutely, and I I agree with you 100%. That it is very powerful. It's a very thing, and then you constantly have added to it. Beyond just memes, though, you have uh, probably created hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different pictures of your jewelry. And uh, so in that, can you you talk about the fact that you, unlike a lot of of people, like a lot of it, is that every picture, every product you sell, like through your Etsy store and through all the different a- aspects of it, mymissinggems.com, um, is that you take the picture of the actual product that you send them. Can you talk about that high level of customer service you provide? Yeah, most, not, not all of my listings, because some of my listings I use a stock photo, but very few of them. And it's usually something that it's going to look the same no matter how many times I do it. But, yeah, most of the pictures that I take and most of the listings I put up in my stores are the actual item you will get. Um, it's So that means everything I make, I take a picture of it, many pictures of it, actually. Sometimes um, the Store platforms usually allow about 10 pictures, but I might have to take 30, you know, to get enough to work with to where I can get 10 good ones, sometimes more. So, yeah, it's like (laughs) sometimes when, you know, I talk to you and you go, what are you doing? And I go, cropping pictures. And that means I take the pictures, but then the pictures have to be cropped to a certain size and to a certain, you know, view so that they look the most pleasing and they show off the product the best. So it's not just, you know, having the store doesn't mean you just, you know, put up a picture and hope it's going to sell. It's, it's way more complicated than that. You have to show 10 pictures and they have to have different views and so people can actually see what they're getting and, if they see that and they know they're getting that exact item, I think they're more apt to buy it. I am. If I buy a product and, and I see the actual picture and not a stock photo of, you know, say I'm buying some stones and I want to see what I'm getting. I don't want to see, you know, a pile of stones that you took a picture of two years ago and then you're going to send me something that might be like that. And I know it's a when – it, when I get feedback, a lot of the feedback will say it looks just like the picture and it's like that's because it was the picture but you know they just don't not everybody understands you know that yeah you're getting that one and someone will ask me sometimes is it that one and it's like yes it's that one it's more time consuming but I think in the long run people appreciate that 
and they're willing to, you know, deal with me and, and buy stuff from me because of that. I do think it's really important, especially on, you know, it's like one item. It's one jewelry piece. And my average price on jewelry is between 30 and $40 a piece, you know, for each thing I do. Sometimes more, but sometimes a little less. But so, you know, if you're going to spend $40 for something, you want to know what you're going to get. And so that's what I try to offer people. And you do. And it's, and it's a pretty amazing and your and your pictures just in and of themselves are, are lovely pictures. Oh, thank you. I've I've gone a long way. I've really gotten a lot better at taking pictures. But that that's another thing I love to do is photography. I mean, and that's besides taking pictures of jewelry. I like to go take pictures of nature too, and um, that's I, it goes along with that in you know, a creative process. It's the same sort of thing. It's just a different media. That's all. I can understand that, and that relates to my next question, which was question seven, uh, seven is that you also are uh, a designer. Not We've talked about memes and graphics and other things, but you've also helped uh, businesses uh, discover some voices and, you, and logos and, and other aspects of it. Can you talk about some of your other design work that you like to do? I'm sorry, I'm not really understanding the question. Well, you've made you've, you've helped people with like uh, nature of recyclers uh, and and other people with like words, and you're you're very crafty with words and way of public uh, speaking. Okay, you design things and like logos and things like that for people. I got you. Yeah, um, I forgot about nature's little recyclers. Yeah, that was the logo. Um, that was used, and I actually came up with the name of the company, too, Nature's Little Recyclers. Um, mm-hmm. And then Don drew a worm picture for me, and I took it and went from there with it and created a lot. I forgot. I did a – I can't believe I forgot. Did a lot of um, memes for my mis- or, uh, Nature's Little Recyclers. I did a lot of worm pictures. Mm-hmm. They're still out there. Um, I, I think I mentioned I did some stuff for the theater. I did not come up with their logo. They already had a, a logo, but I think I, I did some other kind of like takes on that particular logo and did some different things with it. I added some stuff to it, and that's kind of what I do sometimes is I start out with something that may not be – my original creation, but I take it and I turn it into something which I consider, you know, way better or, or a lot, a lot more interesting. And I um, think that's probably what I do with that stuff. Sometimes I do come up with names. That's the other thing I, I seem to be able to come up with catchy names and phrases and so forth too. I like to write uh, it, as well. See, and all that comes together. And I think in my message, I'm just saying So and question number eight is, so a lot of people, when they think of mystic stones and gems, they think about the crystal crazes and the amount of crystals that are used. Do you, um, so, and you have, and I know that you have to be careful in what you say because the internet is such a sensitive place when it comes to selling things. But do you uh, enjoy talking about the metaphysical properties of the stones? I know you do. A lot of it. I do. Um, you know, everybody has their own beliefs about 
things, whether it's trees or rocks or whatever. And a lot of people really believe that crystals have energy, that they they have properties, they have maybe even healing properties, which you can't really say on the Internet without a disclaimer because, well, then, you know, that causes all kinds of issues. But people believe in it, and people – I've noticed that since the the COVID pandemic kind of started, which has been about a year ago, um, my sales have been doing well. And I think it's because people need, they need a talisman. They need something that they feel makes them, you know, feel better, makes them feel good, makes them feel safe and uh, there's a lot of different stones with a lot of different properties and uh, very often I have a actually a, a thing on my my website with gemstone you know properties and their meanings and I think people really you know mm-hmm. the people that believe it really really believe it and I myself know that you know when I sit and work with the crystals sometimes, I get energy off of them. And there's some stones I don't like to work with because they have a weird energy. But for me, it's like if somebody wants it, I'm going to make it, and then I'm going to, like, put my personal feelings aside about why don't I like this stone, you know. And, and I figure, well, it doesn't matter because it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be mine. It's going to be someone else's. And so if they like the energy, then it doesn't really matter what I like. But I try to, um, when I work with something, sometimes I'll pick up one stone and try to wire it, and it's like it doesn't work. I, I don't, it's, for some reason, it's not working out, so I put it back and I pick another one. Why? I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that can't really be explained. Um, a lot of people think it's nuts, you know, that you would think crystals are good or that they have energy or they speak to you or whatever, but that's, you know, that's their opinion. <laughs> that I went into a place the other day um, where I know the people that work in there. I won't say where, but anyway, one of the people that I know, I know she's really into gemstones, and she was asking me what kind of stone I thought she should um, give to a friend of hers that needed, you know, like calming down and, and, and kind of some healing energy. And, and I suggested blue lace agate because that's for me, is like the ultimate calming stone. And so we started talking about, you know, stones and everything. And the other person that works there that I know is, I know she happens to be a very devout Christian. And I think she was a little startled that we were talking about it because, well, because some people it makes uncomfortable. But then the longer this first person and I talked, I could tell she started to relax because I was saying, you know, I don't judge people by what they believe, you know, it's, it's if you believe the stones are good and they talk to you, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. And like I said, I could visibly see her relax the longer I talked because she was ready to bristle. And then she's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I don't believe in that, but that's okay. You know, she's just trying to, you know, help people. And I guess at the end of the day, that's, what I can say, I, you know, if, if what I do and make and, you know, you buy it for me, if it's helpful to you, that's fantastic for me. 
Um, it, it really, I, I love getting feedback where somebody says, I love this stone. I think I told you I had a, a person that was a, a tarot reader, and she, mm-hmm. I, I did several custom orders for her because she liked certain stones. And um, at first I did a pendant, and that wasn't, like she she wanted something even closer to her. So then I did a pair of earrings for her. So they were like right there on her face, you know. And um, she bought several things from me. Uh, she had certain kind of stones that she liked and said helped her. And she sent me her her uh, feedback that she got after she started wearing these stones. And she said it didn't increase a lot and that now a lot of people ask for her specifically because her readings were so spot on and accurate. So that was kind of cool. That was actually pretty amazing. It's like, wow, here's an example where, you know, people can say, well, stones don't mean anything, but it's like, obviously they do because either this, okay, either it was a placebo effect and the woman just thought that it made her a better reader, but I don't think so. I think it really did make her a better reader. So that was kind of jazzy for me. I was kind of jazzed about that. It's like, wow. That's, she yeah she was too so that was really that was really incredible absolutely and and, and well deserved too because I know you worked very hard at this um, and so uh, my question nine is that you've also um, are have an eye towards the antique uh, market as well that you can find things that are kind of metaphysical or unusual out of um, like old vintage pieces where people don't see it. Can you talk a little bit about your ability to see that sort of things of value out of the old days that fit your philosophy? Um, Yeah, I like that. I like, I like searching for stuff like that. And there's certain things that um, I, I look for unusual and weird stuff or unusual and beautiful stuff. Um, I love to find old sundial pendants. I'm always looking for those because they are just, some of them are just, most of them are working. Some of them are really, really old. Um, some of them are really elaborate. And they're, to me, that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of a metaphysical sort of thing. It's a sundial and it's it's not your everyday piece of jewelry. And m- most people will react if they see it. You know, it's like, wow, what's that? That's really cool. Um, I like, there's a, it's basically what it is, is. It's a quartz crystal ball, but they call it pools of light, or that's what they called it back in the 20s. Um, and they were very hugely, hugely popular back in the, uh, that would probably be Art Nouveau, early Art Deco period. Um, they were, I've seen hundreds of them, different kinds, different styles. I'm, they're expensive. Most of them are way out of my price range. A lot of them are hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars. And plus the market's kind of gotten nutty because, uh, I don't know, they just started charging ridiculous prices for some of them. But I look for like a certain kind, certain kinds that are unusual. I found some. I actually just found uh, a couple of them. They have a they're like a smaller one, a little quartz ball, and they have uh, like a little flower, sterling silver flower wraparound. It's really pretty. And so I'm going to do something with, with those. I haven't decided what yet. But there's a lot of different kinds of those. What I have found interesting is that 
everybody is cashing in on the term pool of light now, and I'll see the most ridiculous things put up and and claiming to be pools of light, and it's like, no, that's just a glass marble. You know, there's a difference. Pools of light are made of rock crystal quartz, basically, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of them now are just made out of glass. And they think because and they they think that if anything that if you hold a crystal ball onto a piece of paper with writing, it reverses the writing. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but it does. But anything that's made into a ball like that will, if it's glass or if it's rock quartz or if it's what you know anything that's clear and made into a ball will reverse the writing. And but they claim that only pools of light will do that, and it's just not true. So you can pass off a glass ball as rock crystal pools of light, and nobody really would know unless, well, I might know if I saw it, but even I might not know sometimes because there's a very small difference between glass and quartz because basically they're the same thing. Glass is made out of sand. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much that simple. I mean, it's a little more complicated than just sand. It has a fancy name, something dioxide. I can't remember what off the top of my head. But if it's created in a in a commercial setting or in a laboratory, you know, you've heard of lab crystals. It's basically the same composition. It's just man-made, and a lot of um, man-made things are worth more than. The natural made ones. And a perfect example is another thing I sell, which is a, it's called Vaseline glass. And it was made back in the 30s during the Depression. And it's basically glass with um, radioactive uranium in it. But it's not radioactive. It's been neutralized. And it's such a small amount that it's not, it's not toxic. It's not dangerous. In fact, they used to make eating um dishes out of it, like cups and plates and things were made out of uranium glass. But the cool thing about it is it glows green under UV light. And so I found a source of some of these spheres, you know, basically UV crystal balls that were made back, I think these were made back in the 70s. They they don't go as back as far as it's like the 30s stuff. And I make a pendant out of it, like a crystal ball pendant, only it's made out of uranium glass. And those are really big sellers, especially with guys for some reason. Guys like those. I don't know why exactly. But, but it sounds yeah, dangerous. there's all kinds. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it's it's not dangerous. In fact, I, I there's several stones that are potentially dangerous to your health. And I've gone and researched every single one of them to make sure that the way I present them is not dangerous. And in this case, the Vaseline glass is not dangerous because it just doesn't have enough uranium in it to be dangerous. And it's been processed. It's no longer – it's inert is the word I'm after. Um, There's a type of stone called bumblebee jasper that it's dangerous if you – don't have on a protective mask when you like if you saw into it or you polish it with a you know with a metal brush or whatever to where it produces dust it's dangerous because it has sulfur in it 
but if it once it's polished, it's perfectly harmless. You know, as long as you don't, you know, cut into it with a saw, you're okay. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, two or three other stones like that. Uh, there's one stone I really like. Oh, it's called galenite, I think. And don't I'm not positive on that, but anyway, it's toxic. It's only for display, and I've always wanted to make pendants out of it because it's this really beautiful silvery gray color but it's just really not a good idea to wear on your body so I've never been able to do that so you know it's something to consider especially some of the older minerals um, that were used and not really they didn't know that they were dangerous until later but some most of them are not you know, and if, and I, like I say, I do my research and make sure that what I'm doing is not dangerous because when you're working with older stuff, that could happen. Um, I'm sure there's other. I I like to look at um, compasses. <laughs> That's actually how I started becoming mildly, mildly um, known on the internet because I did a lot of compass jewelry. That was something I did, did early on when I was doing steampunk. I did a lot of steampunk jewelry early on. I did a lot of bullets. I still do a lot of bullets jewelry. So, but steampunk was kind of big, and I had I did a lot of watch things with watch parts and gears and compasses and all kinds of weird and strange stuff. And I did that for a long time, but it's kind of faded a little bit now and not not as popular as it used to be. I can still do it. I still have, you know, product, but it, I haven't had much call for it lately. Things, you know, trends come and go. And you and you ride them well even though to stay in business. So question number oh, ten is and the question number ten is how do we can how can we as an audience and everybody's listening in, all the seekers out there, my question, um, you uh, you know, on your next step of becoming a better you know, to becoming even better at what you do and in and improve what you want to improve on it. What I'm sorry, you're asking me how, how can I want they help to you? Yeah, how can how, they how, help you know, me? Where yeah, how can people help you and help you improve where you want to? Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I. I don't know if I can answer that question. I don't know how they can help me. Okay. I think well, they can I'm buy your really jewelry. Sure what you were. What, what were you after? What, was there a certain thing you were heading towards, or what? No, I guess so. Uh, I, I, I guess um, I asked people how they can be helped, and, and basically, you know, for you, possibly, you know, sharing your website, or you know, what is it that you think that you know what inspires you, what any of that hmm? to continue on to do more stuff that you'd like to do. Oh hmm? wow! Okay. Um, well. Um, I guess for me, maybe it would be uh, I'd love more feedback um, on my social side, mm-hmm. uh, in my store, you know. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, I want all feedback, you know, good or bad. I, I really think that probably most people that make things want that, and it's the hardest thing to get. Um, for, you know, it's for some people it's, like, oh, I don't want to be bothered, or, you know, I liked it, but, you know, oh, I forgot to give feedback, but probably that's what most people want the most, is, like, tell me what you thought about it, you know, did you like it, 
Was it what you wanted? Were you happy with it? You know, can I improve my service? So I guess that would be the most important thing to me is, is feedback. And uh, probably more, and it, it used to be a lot easier to get responses from people on the Internet, but now it's much harder um, to get people to respond to you, even when you ask them direct questions. And I guess that would be great, too, if people would, you know, if I when I posted something, people would go, oh, I don't like that, or oh, you should have done this, or I really love that, you know, whatever. But it's really difficult to get that and to get people to interact with you on the Internet unless you want to argue with them or talk about politics or something that I really don't want to get involved in, you know, on my store. It's, that's not the proper venue for it. And I love it if people would share my stuff. That that's that's fantastic. You know, I always love it when somebody shares my my stuff, my pictures. That's that's really that's really important. So yeah, I guess interaction is something that I've always had trouble with on the internet, and and I would love to be able to be better at it. You know, so I guess suggestions. You know, I would love to hear people's suggestions about it as well. Um, and uh, that, yeah, no, that was very good. Thank you. That was very insightful. And so, okay, it uh, took me so a while to get, get started there. So, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but no, that was very insightful. So, feedback, and I think that you, you're probably talking about a lot of people where they're uh, they, where they struggle most at. I mean, it's, it is hard work, and you put in the hard work, and you create something. You can check out her site at mymysticgems.com. You know, you can go other places to look for it, but, you know, go there and literally see the pictures. Uh, there are beautiful pictures there, and there's some uh, wonderful graphics there. And it's a really a way to share in, in the magical world of um, Marion Kay as a designer and as a jewelry maker and someone who pours their heart and soul into what they create. Thank you for being with me on this. Uh, I, I appreciate hey, can you. I, can, uh, I, can I talk about one more thing before we go? Sure you can. Absolutely. Okay. I wanted to talk a really a little bit about the bullet jewelry I do and what I did about that. Um, I create bullet jewelry, and I started it out and still do it to – it, it's more of a cause for me. Don't get me wrong. I, I make a little money at it, but I also donate part of my uh, proceeds to various charities, and I, I loved the look of bullet jewelry, but I – I know a lot of people misinterpreted it and thought it was, well, what are you doing with bullet jewelry, you know? But when I told them, well, it's about making people aware that, you know, bullets can, you know, be used as a positive thing and, you know, not always a negative thing. And for me, that's what it was. I was doing jewelry and then donating money to, I I donated to, um, several different causes over the years from the Patriot Riders to the Red Cross to uh, Sandy Hook. Um, there's two or three military um, organizations I donate to, Wounded Warriors. And for me, that was like, that was the best part of it is, you know, once they realized why I was doing it, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I really like that. So it's something I continue to do. I don't do it as much and, and, I don't, but I'm still willing. It's probably one of the, I guess, 
is people that have, I've done jewelry where um, they've sent me the shell casing from the, the salute that they get for a loved one in the cemetery. And I've made a, a bullet jewelry piece out of it for them. So um, it's, it's kind of a, a personal thing for a lot of people. They, they have a reason why they want a certain kind of bullet or a certain kind of shell casing. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about that briefly because it was something I, oh, I sure. loved doing. Oh, sure, and that was a very early part of your development. It was. It was really early on. I started that, I think, in 2010. And so it's kind of, like I say, it's ongoing. I still do it, and I and I still, you know, when I have sales, I still donate money. So it's it's something I still, you know, believe in. And I'm, I'm not anti-gun by any means. I mean, I, I don't believe people should, you know, have their guns banned, but I am about awareness of gun laws and gun safety. That, I guess, is, I've always liked to point that out, that it's, you know, a gun's great if the person that holds it's responsible, but that isn't necessarily always the case. So that was part of the reason, you know, I did it too, is like, you know, be aware, you know, guns, you want a gun, that's great, but, you know, there's guns and then there's, guns that kill people and unfortunately yeah it's where we are right now in the United States so, anyway I don't want to go down to the political thing sorry <laughs> yeah and where can people find uh, and, and how do you phrase it the bill is for peace or oh, no, um, I, I had to change the name because somebody else was using bullets for peace and they called me up and told me I couldn't use it anymore so I switched it to beautiful bullets and I actually if you beautiful, beautiful bullets bullet, dot com it it goes to my site so yeah they both go to the same place yeah and uh, that's what they are they're beautiful and they're bullets and I do all kinds of stuff with them I mean I can put almost anything in a shell casing it seems like so I just wanted to talk yes. about that briefly oh absolutely and 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 thank you for that um you have so many fascinating points we have to get you on again because I think you can just ask a bunch of questions about just about beautiful bullets and things of that nature because you have done a really amazing job. And they can find everything that you do at My Mystic Gems. Anywhere else that you want them to find you at? Um, if they go to uh, My Mystic Gems or Etsy. Shoot, I forget if Etsy. They keep changing it on me. I think it's Etsy.com slash My Mystic Gems. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Etsy.com slash my mystic gems. Yeah. And you're if also they just on go Etsy.com and type in my mystic gems, it'll go right to me. And see the uh, is it hundreds or thousands of reviews if you've got positive reviews. I got what used to say right at the top. Um, it doesn't say it anymore. They keep changing stuff. That's the problem with being on a platform instead of on your own website is you have to put up with things that they do, but that's just part of the deal. Um, yeah, but I do have uh, the Etsy store. That that and my website are I, my main stores now. That's where I do most of my business. Mm-hmm. And so go to My Missy Chums, check it out, and see what she's doing. And thank you for being with me today. This has been fascinating. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank it. you for having me. I, I Hopefully I answered all your questions and didn't go off on a tangent somewhere, uh, which I do sometimes. 
it's why I'm so creative. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Well, you are creative and everything else. And so with that, we've been everybody to do, and we'll be back with another 10 episodes. Tell me what you want to know about Pagan at gmail.com. Blessings, and check out Pagan World. Bye. Bye. <laughs>